This audio sermon is brought to you by the House of Intercessory Prayer Ministries. For more information, please visit www.hipm.org. This morning, I would like to share with you from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'd like to title my message, One But Many. One But Many. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is a description of the church as the body of Christ. So what we read in the in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is basically a description of what the church is. You know, Paul uses the physical human body as a metaphor for the church. An analogy to explain how the church is designed in the purpose of God. Our human body is designed in a specific way. God has fashioned us in a special way. That's what the scripture says. But in the same way, God has fashioned his church. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is basically a description of how a church should function. So this morning, we are going to talk really about the functioning of the church. You know, Christianity is a religion of diversity. There are many different reasons why we say so. Even in the, in the same chapter, chapter 12, 1 Corinthians, four times in this chapter, the phrase, many members but one body. Many members but one body is used. You know, many times the non-Christians People belong to other religion, they ask us a question. You all have one Bible, and you have one God, but then why do you have different churches? Why do you have different denominations? And why do you have different ministries going on? You all have only one Bible. You don't have many Bibles, you have only one Bible. Then why there is so much of diversity among the Christianity today? You know, we need to understand the diversity that we see even in the word of God, as word of God talks about the body of Christ, the church. So a quick overview of what I'm going to talk about is basically find in, is found in a couple of scriptures here. Let's start reading from verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. Scripture says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And verse 5 says, and there are differences of, denomina- so of administrations or ministries, but the same Lord. Verse 6 says, and there are diversities of operations or activities, but it is the same God which works all in all. So here we see scripture is talking about there are diverse gifts. There are different gifts. There are different administrations. There are different ministries. There are different operations or activities. Word of God is talking about that's in the church. 
So the gifts are different. The ministries are different. The activities or the functions are different. So we see so much of diversity even within the church. Just keep that in mind as we continue to read the scriptures. Let's read from verses 4 to 13 of 1 Corinthians 12. Let's begin with verse 4. Just closely follow me. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Word of God is talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's move further. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills, as the Spirit of God wills. Verse 12, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Verse 13, for by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. So here, verses 4 to 13, scripture talks about one body. One body. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23, and Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, these two scriptures clearly tell us that Christ is the head of the body. The same way we have our human body and head. Christ is considering the church as the body. And who is the head of this body? Jesus Christ is the head of this body. You know, many times as Christians, as believers, we forget that we all serve the same God. We all serve the same God. You know, sometimes, you know, we get carried away because of our skin color and because of our nationality or because of our race. You know, many times we think that we are serving probably different gods. No, we are not serving different gods. We are serving the same God because there is only one head. That's what scripture says. You know, many times, even though we speak different languages, we tend to think that, you know, people who are speaking some other language, which we probably never heard of, we tend to think that, oh, they, they may be serving different God. But no, they are also serving the same God. All that they do, they read the Bible in their own language and they speak their own language, but they still serve the same God. You know, we look at our diversity and at times we think that we are serving different God. But no, those who are born of spirit, those who obey the word of God, they all serve the same God as we serve. Jesus is the only head of the church. That's what the scripture says. Let's read Ephesians 5.23. Scripture says, for the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. So who is the head of wife? Husband is the head of wife, right? Yes, we agree? We don't agree? We agree? Okay, we all agree. Husband is the head of wife. I'm not saying it, scripture is saying it. And the same way, 
Christ is the head of the church. You know how important that we need to practice that at our home. And if we don't practice at home, we miss that really at the church. If at home, if husband is not the head of wife, if husband is not the head of the family, we miss that even at the church. Because scripture is just going, you know, in, in one line it says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. So head of the church is not the pastor. Head of the church is not the board or the deacon. Who is the head of the church? Christ is the head of the church. That's what the scripture says. And when we try to replace Christ with someone else, we lose the presence of God. In the place of Christ, we bring a man. In the place of Christ, we bring somebody and raise him beyond his abilities or raise him beyond what he deserves. When we bring a person, a man, and bring him and keep him at that position of Jesus Christ, the presence of God is gone. How can God pour his presence when Christ is not there. The church itself is built, bought by the precious blood, his own son shed at the cross. And if Christ is removed from the church, how do we still experience the presence of God? Presence of God is not there anymore. Christ is the head of the body. And we are talking about one body. Verse 13 says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, as we read, Verse 13, scripture says, by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. By one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Let's quickly jump to verse 27. Verse 27 says, now you are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ and members individually. So who is the body of Christ? We are the body of Christ. Each member individually we together form the body of Christ. Romans chapter 12 verse 5 says, Romans 12 5, So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So we together form the body of Christ. Individually we are different members. You know every time when we observe Holy Communion, if you remember, we are reminded ourselves that a church is united with the body of Christ and in his brokenness. Every time when we break bread in the communion, like we did last week, when we break bread, we realize that body of Jesus was broken. Why we realize body of Jesus was broken? Because that's what is church. The church is nothing but the broken body of Lord Jesus Christ. There is no physical significance to it. It's all spiritual significance. It doesn't really mean that we don't deal with the flesh of anybody. No, we are not dealing with the bread. We are not dealing with the flesh. We are dealing symbolically. We are remembering. We are identifying ourselves with the body, with the broken body of Christ. So how important it is that today we need to realize the church is not a place where we can play politics. Church is not a place where really we can, you know, talk something else other than the word of God. Church is a place where we are identifying ourselves with a broken body of Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this one body refers to two entities. This one broken body, which refers to two entities. Number one, the universal church. The universal church. You know, when a believer, when a child of God, when a man or woman who is born again, who accepts Jesus Christ, 
maybe in the other part of the globe, maybe miles away from us, he or she, the moment he or she accepts Lord Jesus Christ, she or he is added to the body of Christ. We call that as a universal body. We don't see them, we don't see which church they go to, but all that we know is someone has accepted Lord Jesus Christ. So that's a universal body. The next body is the local church where we are sitting today. There are many local churches today in the city. They're all the bodies of Christ. So we, scripture says there is only one body. There is only one head and there is only one body. You know, some of our neighbors, they may not come to our church. They may go to another church where they would have received, they would have accepted Lord Jesus Christ, where the word of God is preached in purity. They are also member of the body of Christ. You know, today, most of the time, you know, we look at our church and our church people and we neglect and we ignore people around us. Most of the churches, they think that, you know, they are the only church. That's not true. There are many churches. As long as the word of God is preached in purity, you know, they belong to God. They are also the members of the universal body of Christ. But then we have a local body. That's where we are sitting. And God has given each one of us responsibilities as individual members in the body of Christ. So we talked about one head and one body. So let's move a little further. Let's read from verses 14 to 20. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. We talked about one body. Now scripture says it's one body, but there are many members to that body. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, can you think about whole body being an eye? How horrible it will be. Where would, she, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? You know, Paul puts it in an appropriate way. And he's asking questions to us. And he's making us to think about it. And verse 18 says, But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. Verse 19, And if they were all one member, where would the body be? If the whole body is just single member, where would be the body be? Verse 20, but now indeed there are many members, it, one body. So we talked about one head and one body. Now we are talking about many members. Scripture says there are many members. You know, as the human body is made of many members, the church, the body of Christ is made of many members. As the human body cannot be made just with one member everywhere, the same way church cannot be made with one person sitting everywhere, or just by one person. And as the body needs hands, legs, eyes, ears, the church also needs members of different responsibilities. Think about our members of our body, our hands and our eyes. They all have different responsibilities. They all have different functions. In the same way, God expects in the church, being a member of the church, member of the body, we all have different functions. And scripture says, even though there are many members, still one body. So we are all united with, even though we are different members, we are still united. You know, look at the responsibilities of the members in the human body. 
our hands, our legs, our eyes and ears. In the same way, the members of the church has different responsibilities. You know, when we together execute our responsibilities as an individual member, our body functions, right? So our physical body functions when all the members of the body executes their own responsibilities. And we function as a body in the same way the church functions when all the individual members, they execute their responsibility. You know, have you noticed some people, probably they don't have hands. They use their leg for everything. They walk with their legs. They even take food with their legs. They try to hold the spoon with their legs. They are so used to do it. They eat and they work, do some work with their legs. And even they comb their hair with their legs. Think about such, a, such an individual, such a person. Of course, he's going through a difficult time, he or she. But it looks awful. It, it looks awful to see somebody doing it. Think about a church. In a church, if one person or if one member or one or two members keep doing everything, it is still awful. It doesn't really look good. That's the reason God has brought different members in the body so that they can function together as a whole body. You know, God wants us to know our responsibility and execute our responsibility so that the church can function as a whole body. Let's move further. 21, verse 21. And I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. Scripture talks about the interdependency of the members. We talked about one body. We talked about many members. And now here scripture says we need each other. We need each other. Do you believe that? We need each other? We need each other as we are united together in the body of Christ. You know, even though these members having different functions, they still need each other. They really depend on each other. We can eat with our mouths, but think about you don't have hands. How do we get food to our mouth? We need hands. We see with our eyes, but think about if you don't have hands, if your do, hands don't cooperate, how do you first of all wash our eyes? If something fall, you know, falls on our eyes, how do we just get them out? We need hands. The same way in the human body, all these organs, they individually function, but they depend on each other in the same way. The body of Christ. Now we are talking about the scriptures as it is written in the word of God. It clearly tells us, I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the same way, the head cannot tell to the feet that I don't need you. We are all interdependent. We are all connected together. You know, as believers, God really doesn't want us to say that I can just stand alone and manage everything. I can just be alone and I can just take care of, you know, myself all alone. I don't need anybody. I don't really need any of the other organs in my body. I don't need the support of any of the other members in my body. Scripture doesn't say that. Scripture doesn't really teach us that. Scripture is asking us to depend on each other. The member of the church 
They depend on each other. You know, today if we look at the church outside, there are many churches they are going, to, going through difficult times because they don't understand each other. The members, they don't agree upon each other. They don't realize that they need the support and help of someone else in their own family, in their own body of Christ. The purpose of God, in the mega purpose of God, you know, God doesn't want individuals just to stand alone as a church. But instead, God wants us to depend on each other. You know, as we work, as we continue to grow in the Lord, God is expecting us, we need to understand each other more. We need to trust each other more. It should be an environment where we can trust each other and we can tell, we can share our prayer request to someone and say that this is what I'm going through. Can you just please pray for me? Can you just give some advice? How do we handle this situation? You know, God wants us to bring that atmosphere here that so that we will be able to depend and trust each other and as we continue to grow in the Lord. If someone preaches that you don't need anybody in this world, you can just do all alone. You don't, need any, you don't need to be really be part of the church. You don't need to be just united with the church. You can just go all alone. You can just visit one church every day. No, it's not biblical. It's not from the word of God. Word of God doesn't tell us that we need to just go to church to church and see how each church is doing. That's not our duty. Our duty is basically to stick on to one church where we can grow, where we can nourish in the word of God, where we can have fellowship. If, if I'm going through some difficult time, I should have somebody in my church to call over phone and tell them that this is what I'm going through. Can you just please pray for me? Can you just come over here and stand with me? I'm having a tough time. Just come and be with me at this moment. If we don't have somebody with whom you can trust in the church, you know, there is no point in continuing there. God is expecting us to grow together, being together, and supporting each other, interdependent, creating that atmosphere where we can grow together, we can support each other, and depend on each other. Let's continue to read verse 22 to 25. No much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow great honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. Verse 24. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. 25. That there should be no schism, uh, schism in the body, by, but, there, but that the members should have the same care for one another. You know, Scripture very clearly says here, in verse 22, the weaker members of the body are necessary. Weaker members of the body are necessary. Think about your right hand is not functioning anymore. Can you just cut it off? No. What do we do? Still we keep our hands. We do some exercise. We do some massage and just make sure that our hand functions. Why don't we just cut it off? No, we don't do that. In the same way, there are weaker bodies in the church of God. There are weaker members in the church of God. Some of the members, they just come and they go. They may not be able to do anything else other than just coming and going. We still need them. That's what scripture says. Weaker members are necessary. We cannot really get rid of them. Verse 23 says, Less honorable members are to be given great honor. Less honorable members are to be given great honor. 
That simply means somebody is coming and walking into the church, probably who is not really dressed well, probably he doesn't really fit into that atmosphere. Scripture says just do not neglect him. Don't ask him to sit at the last bench. Bring him and sit him. Make him to sit in the place where you know, there is honor. That's what exactly scripture teaches. Less honorable need to be given more honor. Think about our churches. Think about this church. Is it happening? If it's not happening, then we are not according to the Bible, according to the word of God. Unpresentable parts need to more attention to make them more attractive, scripture says. There are parts in our body which are not presentable. I don't know about you. You know, I have been going through great trouble really to maintain my feet. I don't know about you. Maintaining feet is at times, you know, it becomes difficult, right? Right? So we do, that's the reason, you know, people, they go for pedicure and they go for manicure. I don't know what it is for. So they, and they do go through various treatments and they use foot scrubber and they use pumice stone. I know various things they use, right? So why? Because there are unpresentable parts in our body, but then we pay more attention to those parts to make them presentable, right? In the summer, you want to, you know, you just want to go with skirt, but then you need to make sure that your leg is proper, right? Because it gets exposed, and you need to make sure that your leg is maintained well, your feet is maintained well. Less presentable parts need to be given more attention. Scripture says in verse 23, as we read and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. Our unpresentable parts having greater modesty. That means there are some weak vessels. We consider them, oh, probably you cannot just get them on stage and, you know, put them on the television. No. But then we need to work on their life. We need to continue to work on their lives. You know, some of us, you may hear us singing in the television. Some of us really don't have that voice. But then we cannot neglect them. We need to try with them. And, you know, we need to help them, encourage them, motivate them, and bring them as presentable. The church has to do that, Scripture says. Verse 24, let's go quickly. God has given more honor to those parts which lack honor. Verse 25 says, so that there is no division in the body, and all the members have the same care. We're talking about the body of Christ, the church of God, where different members come together and they recognize each other. They honor each other. They, they support and encourage them so that they make somebody presentable. You know, the reason for division in the early church, I don't know whether you are aware of it. We read that in Acts chapter 6, verse 1. Acts chapter 6, verse 1 says, Now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. The first division that was about to come in the church in the beginning stage, in the early stage, was the care. There were not attention paid for a particular group of people. Some of the weaker members, probably uneducated, not having enough, you know, enough money to live, not having proper job, not having enough shelter, not coming from a good family background. And scripture is saying that we need to accommodate them. We need to take care of them as one body in Christ. Do we really care for somebody that we are worshiping with who is sitting next to us? You know, these are some of the questions that we need to ask as we are part of the member of uh, the body, one body. Finally, in verse 26, and if one member suffers, 
all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Members of the church must be upholding one another as we grow and share with one another. You know, not only in joyous moments, not only in good times, but scripture also says even in sufferings, we should share with each other. You know, if, I'm sure all of you would experience some part of our body, if it is paining, you will experience the pain in the whole body. Right? Think about our child. If the child is not well, the child is sick, the whole family is sick. The whole family is sick. Why? Because we are members of one body. In the same way, Scripture says, as we read in verse 26, and if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. All the members suffer with it. You know, it's not written about somebody else. It's not written about, written for people who are living in those ages. It is written for today. If someone is going through, one of us are going through difficulties, word of God expects that we need to feel that pain of someone else as he or she is going through that pain. You know, God wants us to participate in others' sufferings. How do we do it? How do we do it? How that happens? The moment church service gets over, if you run, how do we meet? Somebody. And how do we come to know that what they are going through in their lives? We need to just take time. Talk to them. And let them find out. You find out what is going on in their lives. So that you can encourage them and tell them that I'm going to pray for you. Inquire about them. Talk to them. See what you can do. In what way we can help them. Visit them. And plan to meet somewhere outside maybe. Just spend some time with them. You know, or if you have something in you know, excess of what you need extend that support to somebody else. If they're going through pain or they're going through tough time, counsel them, encourage them, spend time with them. When we do this, we obey the scripture saying that we need to take part in someone's sufferings. You know, as being said all this, we need to know there are spirits, there are forces around us today. They are trying to destroy the unity of the churches. You know, there are many churches, they are going through divisions today. Let's close, you know, before, as we continue to talk to them, and then we can close it. You know, anything that tries to destroy the harmony that Word of God talks about, it needs to be opposed. It needs to be rejected. That's what the scripture says. Anything that brings division in the body, that needs to be cast out of the body of Christ. Anything that brings division in the body that need to be completely cut off from its action. Some examples, spirit of jealousy, spirit of envy, spirit of pride. You know, the same spirit that brought, that brings division today in families between husband and wife, the same spirit even operates at the church. The same spirit that brings division in families, the same spirit operates in church because, it is only because Christ has referred and even the apostles, they have referred the church being same as the wife. The husband being same as Christ. Since that comparison is made in the scripture, the enemy knows that very well. He can apply the same spirit to bring division in the family and he can apply the same spirit even to bring division in the church. The spirit of Jezebel need to be cut off totally. The rebellious spirit, the spirit of disobedience, they need to be bound in the name of Jesus. 
the critical spirit, the spirit of indifference need to be completely removed from the churches today. Spirit of self-righteousness. There are people, they built righteousness around them and they are called self-righteous people. They need to be dealt with by the word of God. Let's read one scripture, Ephesians 4.31. Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Verse 32 says, And be ye kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving to one another, even as God for Christ's sake has done for you, forgiven you. We need that kind of spirit, the spirit of love, spirit of forgiving, spirit of honoring each other, spirit of considering somebody else better than me. You know, we need to ask God really for that spirit. You know, the moment we look at someone else, we need that spirit. He is better than me. If we approach anybody with that spirit, you know, we don't have any problem dealing with them. Think about somebody else and don't think about the negative things they have, but then think about somebody else and think about she is better than me. Look at someone else in that attitude. You know, that makes things easy. We need to encourage such spirits in our hearts. You know, there are people that we need to even avoid. Scripture says that very clearly. We need to avoid them. We cannot handle with them. You know, we cannot have everything, everybody in the body of Christ. No, Scripture doesn't even say that. Those who are willing to learn. Those who are willing to obey, those who are willing to change, those who are willing to correct themselves, those who are willing to stand together, you know, those who are having the same vision as the leadership of the church. You know, that's why we need that membership session to understand the vision of the leadership. If we don't have that carry the same leadership, we may be around for a while, but then we may not be able to do anything effectively attaching with the body of Christ. And we need to understand, if not, Scripture says we need to avoid them. Let's read that scripture in Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Romans 16, 17. Paul writes saying that now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. Avoid them. You know, at times we are so generous, we try to accommodate everybody. But then that doesn't work in the mega plan of God. That doesn't work according to the purpose of God for the church. But God clearly says, the word of God clearly says, even we need to avoid people in order to protect the body of Christ. In order to be together in the body of Christ. The body of Christ need to be protected. Why it need to be protected? Remember, one day we need to present this body of Christ as a pure virgin without spot, without blemish, to the bridegroom who is on the way. To Lord Jesus Christ, we need to present this body as a pure virgin and without any blemish and spot. And who holds the responsibility of that? We. We are the one we are holding the responsibility of protecting this church. We have the responsibility of preserving our church and we cannot afford anything which is trying to bring division, anything trying to you know, bring the doctrine which word of God doesn't teach us. We cannot, avoid, we cannot have them, we cannot accommodate them. Instead, word of God says we need to avoid them in order to protect the church. So what we are going to do now? We need to acknowledge Christ Jesus is the one head. And we have one body. That's the body of Christ. And we have many members with different responsibilities. 
And we need to depend on each other. And we need to give honor. We need to consider each other. We need to encourage each other. We need to care for each other. And we also need to participate and share not only the moments of joy, but also the moments of sorrow. God is expecting us to grow in that way. Otherwise, I don't think, you know, Paul would have allotted one full chapter just to talk about the body, human body, and the body of Christ. It is so important that we need to be united. We need to grow in the word of God. Let's close our eyes. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.